Welcome to Seven Mile Ministry. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, good morning. Glad to see everybody. Y'all looking pretty good. I'm looking a little better, but y'all still looking pretty good. Now, hey, let me tell you, I got a friend of mine. He's a friend of some of you guys as well. You just don't know it, but he listens out to the app every Sunday and stays in touch. And he had a, he got an opportunity to speak yesterday at a Mormon church. And I don't really know anything much about a Mormon church, but I know that they definitely believe a little differently. But uh, they pretty much told him what he could and couldn't say kind of a thing. Like, you know, don't talk about this, but you can talk about this. So, of course, he said Satan was trying to get in his head and stop him. Because he didn't want to offend anybody, of course. Make anybody mad, especially his own family. But uh, he said he, he just told Satan to get out of the way because Jesus is coming through. And he got up there and he spoke what was on his heart. And you know what was in his heart? What's on his heart and what's in his heart? Jesus. So that was exciting for me. I like that when people don't cow down and get scared and run from the truth. But they speak the truth. And you know what? If people get offended by the truth, they're not, a get, they're get, not getting offended by you. They're being offended by the Word of God. And you can't apologize for that. And I won't apologize for that. If the Word offends you, you better, you better get over it. You better get over it pretty quick. Because he's definitely coming. Amen? Well, listen... We got a good friend of ours, speaking of friends, we got a good friend of mine here this morning. Are you an evangelist? Is that what you call yourself? He's just a dude that loves Jesus. He likes to tell other people about Jesus and tell other people about how much Jesus loves them. So anyway, I invited Caleb Gordon to come speak to us this morning. So come on, Caleb. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Psalms 122. As you're turning there, I believe most of you know me, but for those of you that don't, my name is Caleb Gordon. I live right here in Gardendale, just right down the street. This is my third time to preach here. First time was a youth revival, then it came in June last year, and your pastor invited me back this morning. Thank you so much, Pastor Red, for the invitation. How many of you are thankful for your pastor here today? Amen. Amen. I want to say it's always so good to be here. Always good to share the word. Um, I'm just excited to be here. I've uh, been conflicted between two things. I was just seeking the Lord about what it was he wanted me to share. And I believe this is what he put on my heart. Um, I want to say since I've been here last year, God's just been moving in a phenomenal way. And I just ask you just keep me in your prayers. I preach in 11 different states. This time next Sunday, I'll be preaching the state of Missouri for the first time. So if you would, just keep me in your prayers for safe travels and also that the Lord will move. And I'm going to tell you, I believe he's going to move here today. How many of you know, a lot of people may not be here today, but how many of you know Jesus is here? Amen. Amen. And that's all that matters. Psalms 122, I'm going to be reading to you the King James Version, beginning at verse 1. <clears throat> I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Oh, our feet shall stand within thy gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem is built as a city that is compact together. Whether the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord unto the testimony of Israel to give thanks unto the name of the Lord. 
the main verse I want to focus on here this morning is verse 1. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Seven mile, how many of you are glad to be here today? Amen. If you would, please bow your heads with me. Lord Jesus, I pray that you just have your way here today. Lord, I pray that you will just touch us, Lord, from the top of our head, Lord Jesus, down to the soles of our feet. God, I pray that you be with those that are at work. Lord, you be with those that are sick. You be with those that are on vacation. And Lord, we know that you are here with us today. God, I pray that you will, re- that you will renew our gladness and our joy. God, help us to realize and understand that we should not take this place for granted or come into your house on a Sunday to worship. But Father, Lord, that this is a great opportunity that we have. And this is not a have to or an obligation, but Lord, this is a get to. Touch us here today, Lord, by the power of your Holy Spirit. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray and I ask, let everybody say amen. Amen. How many of you know and understand that life is full of ups and downs? Amen. There are times that you will have good days. There are times that you will have bad days. There are times when it may seem like you're on top of the mountain and it seems like you have plenty of money in the bank account. You're getting promoted at work. Your kids are acting right. Your spouse is doing right. And it seems like everything is just going your way. And then all of a sudden, there are those times where you may find yourself in the middle of a valley. You lose your job, whether you get fired or laid off. It seems like you have health crisis after health crisis. And every time you take a step forward, it's like you get knocked back three. Life is full of ups and downs. Life is not a sprint, but it is a marathon. But how many of you know here today that through the good times and through the bad times, God is always good? Amen. How many of you know that though life is up and down and though people may leave you, they may forsake you, they may turn their backs on you and ostracize you and not want anything to do with you. They may try to shun you and make you the black sheep of your family, of your group, or perhaps of your work. How many of you know here today that we always have something to be glad about because Jesus left heaven, came down to earth, died on the cross for our sins, resurrected three days later, and one day we get to spend all of eternity with him. Can I tell you, friends, that I believe that coming to church is important. My home church to this day, when I'm not away preaching, is Pleasant Grove Church of God. And whenever I'm not away preaching, that is where I go. For me, church was never an option growing up, but it was a necessity. At the first church I grew up in was the Methodist Church. We had Sunday morning, we had Wednesday night, and we had Sunday night. And I can remember every single time the doors were open, the Gordon Three were there. It didn't matter if it was a revival, if it was a fish fry, it didn't matter what was going on, we were going to be at church. I can remember as a preteen, I would try to get out of church. I would tell my mom on Wednesday night, she said, son, get ready. I said, mom, I can't go tonight, I got a lot of homework. And she said, well, son, you knew all afternoon you had homework, so I guess we'll be up late tonight doing it since you haven't started on it yet. I can remember we would have revivals at my church. I said, Mom, I'm not going tonight. I don't feel good. I try to fake sick. And she said, well, Caleb, if you're really not feeling good, then church is the best place you can go because we can have the elders come forth, lay hands on you, and they can pray for you. Needless to say, unless I was on my deathbed, I was going to church. So as a young man, I learned to love church because the truth is I had to go either way. One thing that we have today is I believe that we have people that they come to the house of God every time the doors are open. And I do believe that that's important. But however, my fear is that some people come now because of obligation, because they feel that they have to instead of coming because they want to. 
Friends, I don't know about you here today, but nobody had to ask me to come. Nobody had to beg with me. Nobody had to plead me. I'm not here out of obligation. But even here on this Memorial Sunday or the day before Memorial Day, there is no place I'd rather be than in the house of God. Can I tell you here today, I love being around water. I love the lake. I, 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 I love being at the beach. And I love all of those different things. But don't get it twisted. There is no place I'd rather be than in the house of the Lord. Church, I want to ask you here this morning, are you glad to be here? Or have you lost your gladness coming to the house of God? This morning I was on Facebook for just a little bit before I came and I shouldn't have got on. I was a little disturbed at what I saw. I saw pastor after pastor. Some of them were were groups that I'm in and some were just their personal statuses. One guy was talking about that every pastor in America today should rejoice over their attendance from Easter and have a high from that because the attendance today will be so low. Can I just give you my honest opinion? You may disagree. I believe all across North America today, you have a lot of preachers, a lot of pastors that aren't glad to preach all because the attendance is low. But friends, I want you to realize and understand, I don't care if there's five people here today or if there's 500 and I've preached literally to both. I am glad to be here because Jesus is here. Church, I want to tell you, we always have something to be glad about. Can I tell you, it doesn't matter your situation. It doesn't matter your circumstances. I don't care how much money you have in your bank account or if it's in the negative right now. I don't care if you're in perfect health, if you're in bad health. I don't care what the situation may be, what it is that you are facing. How many of you know that we all have something to be glad about? And if you are a Christian, you are a child of God, you are a son, a daughter of the king, and you have been redeemed by the blood of the lamb. And one day when you leave this earth, you get to spend all of eternity with Jesus. How many of you are glad about that here this morning? As I think about life being full of ups and downs, I think about my own personal life. The doctor said that I would never walk. They said I'd never talk because they said that I'd be mentally retarded because my biological mother, she did drugs when she was pregnant with me. As a result of the drugs and the withdrawals from them when I was born, the doctors never gave me a chance. My biological mother, she gave me up for adoption, not want anything to do with me. Two people by the name of Benny and Patty Gordon, living in Hueytown, they came to the Gasson Hospital where I was born. They were foster parents at the time. They would take these babies in and they would normally find them a home within two to three months. But however, they had me for over two years. They could not find anybody to adopt me because of all the health problems. They could not find anybody to adopt me because what it was that the doctor said. But my mom, Patty Gordon and Benny Gordon, they said, God, we don't care about the doctor's report. We don't care what our family thinks or says about it. But Lord, we believe you have a purpose and a plan for this baby. And we're believing that you can radically touch him. And church, can I tell you, just two months ago, I had my 30th birthday. I've been over 20-something years without a seizure. Glory be to God. And I want to tell you here today that God is still good. Can I tell you, friends, he's still the healer. He's still the redeemer. And though I've had my ups and downs along life's journey, I have found that I always have something to be glad about. One thing that bothers me today is that we have a lot of people that they are taught and they come to the, to the belief that God must be mad at them or upset, them, upset at them and life is not going their way. But can I tell you here today, I've read the Bible through many times and not one time did God ever said that life would be easy. How many of you know he never one time said that life would be fair? But he told the disciples, lo, I will be with you always until the end of the age. Aren't you thankful here today that Jesus Christ will never leave you?
Aren't you thankful he will never forsake you? He will never walk away from you. When you're having a bad day, when you find yourself in the middle of a storm, aren't you thankful that he is always right there? And God is always faithful to us, even though we may honestly not always be faithful to him. I think about different things in my life. I think about the time that I was 12 or 13. My mom came home from the doctor one day and she broke the news to me and my father that she had breast cancer. Me being 12 years old, I had my head down because I was fearful that my mom was going to die. And I never will forget to this day. She looked at me real intently and she said, Caleb, God already radically healed me of cancer once. And she said, Caleb, I believe he can do it again. And can I tell you, friends, glory to God, she didn't even have to have the surgery because God touched her. I can remember Sunday after Sunday, early Sunday mornings, not to be too graphic or to be disturbing, but my mom, she would be down on her hands and knees, up chucking in front of the toilet, and I would say, Mom, why don't you just go back and lay down, and we'll go to church tonight, or we won't go today since you're not feeling good. And I can remember she looked at me and she said, Caleb, she said, we're not going to go out in the world and have a good time on Saturday at the mall, at the movies, and all this other stuff, and not go to the house of God on Sunday. Friends, I want to tell you church should be a priority but not just church your walk and relationship with God how many of you know that we are coming up on on summer and though people will take vacations how many of you guys understand we should never take a vacation from God amen you may say, well, Caleb, me and my family, we're going to the beach in the next few months and we won't be at church on Sunday. Friend, I don't care if you go to the beach or not or if you come to church that Sunday or not, but how many of you know you can still have a Bible study in your condo? How many of you know you can pull your cell phone out, turn on some worship music, and you can still have church in the condo, in the mountains, wherever you're at, whatever you're doing? Friends, I want to tell you that this thing is not a have to, but this is a get to. Amen. Isn't it amazing that we have the opportunity to come to a place like this on a Sunday morning and worship the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings? It's amazing to me how many people in North America take this for granted. But yet you have people in the Philippines where the church will literally be flooded, standing water up to people's knees, and the place is packed out because the people are excited to worship their Lord and Maker. Friends, I want to ask you here today, are you still glad to come to the house of God? Now, I've been evangelizing now for 11 years. People always ask me, will you pastor one day? Don't you think it's time to pastor? It's like I always tell people, hey, if God ever tells me to, I will. But simply, I'm going to keep doing what it is he's told me to do. But if I can be totally honest and transparent with you here this morning, I don't think I'd make a very good pastor and people wouldn't like me. Don't get me wrong. I love people. I I would do funerals. I I would do weddings. Every time you had a surgery, if I could be there, I would be there to pray with you before and afterwards. But can I tell you, friends, one thing I will not do is beg and and plead with people to come to church. Amen. I'm not going to call people on a Monday and say, where were you? I'm not going to call people and say, I want to remind you we have church on Wednesday. No, my thought and attitude is this. You have the address to the church. You know what time service starts. And if you want to be here, you will be here. I'm not saying I'm not going to invite lost people or people that don't know. But friends, I'm not going to beg and plead members to come. 
Because I want to tell you, if I have to beg you and plead you and bribe you to come, you're coming for the wrong reasons anyways. But the reason I came here this morning is because Jesus Christ, the one that knew no sin became sin. He died on an old rugged cross. He carried the cross upon Calvary. He died and resurrected three days later. He never did anything wrong. I couldn't earn it. I don't deserve it. But thank God for his grace and mercy. And church, I want to tell you, Jesus Christ died on the cross for us. Can we not live for him? Amen. I want to ask you a question here this morning, church. Are you still glad not to just come to the house of God? But are you still glad to serve God? Amen. Can I tell you, there's nothing better than being in the Lord's army. Amen. How many of you guys understand the day that you got saved, your life was no longer your own. But your life from that moment forth is all about the Lord. Amen. Life should be centered around God and his glory. I don't know about you here today, but as I just continue to get older in age, I just fall more and more in love with him every day. One thing that I must be careful of and that I don't want to do is fall more in love with ministry than I fall in love with God. Church, I want to ask you today, are you still glad to serve him? Are you still glad that we serve a sovereign God. Can I remind you here today that we all were sinners on our way to hell. But because God's grace and mercy, we were able to be redeemed by the blood of the lamb. Church, I don't know about you, but how many of you know here today that we can only truly be happy and satisfied when we make Jesus Christ number one? A lot of people today, they think they can just be glad if they get a boyfriend or a girlfriend or if they get money or position. But can I tell you, friends, money cannot satisfy you. A job cannot make you happy. A man, a woman cannot please you, but simply the only way you can truly be satisfied is by having a walk and relationship with Jesus Christ. Some people think I'll just have my life made if I just have more money. But friends, I want to tell you money will not do it. You want me to prove it to you? There are people living in Hollywood that live in 30 million dollar houses that are sad. They're depressed that have taken their own life. Why? Because they had everything that everybody would thought that ever mattered. But the one thing they didn't have was God. Aren't you thankful here today that somebody loved you enough to share the gospel with you? Aren't you thankful here today that somebody brought you to church aren't you thankful here today that somebody loved you enough to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with you church I want to tell you we can't keep this to ourselves but we must take it and share it with the world amen I don't know about you here today but I believe the word still works amen It's awesome evangelizing because I get to preach in different churches, different buildings. And I see how different pastors and worship teams do different things. And can I tell you one thing that I've realized and understand? No matter the carpet color, no matter what the building looks like on the inside or the outside, can I tell you here today that whenever you have a church that is filled with the spirit of God, people will be attracted 
to it. Amen. I love to come to a place where the people are glad to be there. There are times I get so frustrated evangelizing because at times I think some people kind of have this entertainer mentality. But I want to, I want you to realize and understand I'm not an entertainer. I'm not a performer. I'm not trying to impress anybody with my preaching. But all that I want to see people do is to draw nearer to Christ. Amen. Church, I want to ask you here today, are you glad to be a Christian? Amen. Have, are we so quick to forget where we've came from? Some of you, before you got saved, you were sad, you were depressed, you were suicidal, you used pills, you were alcoholics, you were this, you were that. But aren't you thankful that Jesus Christ gave you a fresh start, a new chance, a fresh beginning, washed you by the blood of the lamb and made you a new creature? Friends, I want to tell you today, that's something to be glad about. I'm so thankful that God doesn't hold my past against me. Isn't it amazing how you do something to somebody and you can apologize and be as sincere as you can be and years later they still hold it against you? But aren't you thankful that the Bible says that he cast our sins as far as from the east is to the west and he forgives us as if it never happened? Friends, I want to tell you today, I was nothing more but a dirty, rotten sinner on my way to hell. But God decided to reach down, radically heal my body, save my soul, fill me with the Holy Spirit, and he called me to preach. And can I tell you today, I have the best job in America because I get to share hope with people and tell everybody about Jesus Christ. Let's just talk for a moment about being glad. We have a lot of people that come to church every Sunday but you can tell they're not very glad to be here. You have a lot of people that try to witness, but they're not even glad in doing it. Well, friends, I want to ask you a question. If you're not glad about your Christian walk and this journey, why on earth would a non-believer want what you have? Can I tell you here today, we can't walk around telling everybody we got the love of Jesus in our heart and we walk around like, like we're mad at the world and it looks like we've been sucking on lemons all day. But how many of you know that we must have the joy, we must have gladness in us, that we are a child of God, that we are on our way to heaven and what God has done in our lives. Friends, I want to tell you here today, whenever the Holy Spirit does a new thing in you, friends, we must let that light shine before all men that they will glorify our Father in heaven and tell everybody what God has done for us. Church, are you still glad here this morning? If you're not glad, can I tell you there's something you can do about it? Can I tell you here today, God can do anything, but he gives us the power of free will and the power of choice. How many of you realize and understand that in your walk and relationship with God, human effort is required? I want to ask you, church, when's the last time that God was the first thing you thought about in the morning? When was the last time he was the last thing you thought about at night? When was the last time you opened up the word of God and you just got lost in the pages? 
When was the last time you just got so caught up in a place of worship during the service, the building could have been on fire and you wouldn't even notice it because you were just loving on God. Church, I want to ask you here this morning, are you in love with the Savior here today? Because he loves you. Some people, they hear my story and they say, well, Caleb, it sounds like you had a sad start. Your biological mother didn't want you. Two whole years went by of your life. Nobody would adopt you. You were an orphan all by yourself. And it's like I tell people, there's never been one day on this earth that I've ever been by myself. Because God has been with me every step of the way. There are some people that they come to church and they want to be glad to be there, but however, they have a hard time because when they walk in the building, they don't just feel conviction, but it's like they feel condemnation. Understand something. Conviction comes from the Holy Spirit. Condemnation comes from the devil. Can I tell you here today, I don't care what you did yesterday. I don't care what you've done in the past. I don't care how many times you've messed up, what hidden sins you may have, what awful things you may have done and nobody knows but you and God. Can I tell you, friends, here today, if you will just bring all of your junk, all of your mess, all of your sin, all of your dysfunction, all of your weight, all your baggage, all your problems, and bring them to the foot of the cross, can I tell you, friends, that God can make you a new creature here today? You may say, but Caleb... You don't know what awful things I've done. You might be right, but can I tell you here today that Moses murdered a man, but God handpicked him to lead an entire nation of people. Saul was on the Damascus road wreaking havoc on the church, trying to destroy the first church. But however, he was converted on Damascus road and became the great apostle and God used him in extraordinary fashion. David, he committed murder, committed adultery, Later, he repented. The Bible says that he was a man after God's own heart. Understand, I'm not saying it's okay to sin. I'm not saying we can live however we want to. But friends, I want you to realize and understand that God is better at saving than you were ever at sinning. And if you will bring all of your stuff and give it to the Lord, ask him to forgive you, ask him to give you a fresh start, make you a new creature. Friends, I want to tell you here today, God can do a work in you. I don't care how many times you've fallen down. How many times you've messed up. Peter cut a man's ear off. Denied Christ three times. Allowed the devil to speak through him and say, Jesus, you don't have to die by the way of the cross. Took his eyes off Jesus, put his eyes on the storm, and began to sink and go under. But however, in John chapter 21, he had what to call a restoration moment. And after Jesus restored him, on the day of Pentecost, that same man that messed up time and time and time again was the very man the Holy Spirit used to stand up, preach a bold sermon, and thousands of people got saved. Church, I want to tell you here today, I just feel this in my spirit. Whatever you've done in the past, let it go. If you've asked God to forgive you, it's like it's never happened. See, Israel in the Old Testament, the problem was they had what was called the Day of Atonement. They could not have their sins washed away. They could only have them covered up. 
But however, though, when Jesus Christ died on the cross in Matthew chapter 27, the veil in the temple was ripped. And he stepped into a new office and he became the high priest. And he was the ultimate sacrifice. Friends, I want to tell you here today, what can wash us white as snow? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make us whole? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Friends, I want to tell you today, I'm still glad to serve him. Amen. It was like your pastor was mentioning just a few moments before I got up here to preach, how he was talking about how he loves people, about the brother that went to speak at the Mormon church just yesterday, and he loves people that are radically bold for Jesus Christ. Understand something. I know we're living in the last days and it's not popular to be a Christian. It's not popular to have morals, to have values. It's not popular to live by the Bible. But friends, I want to tell you here today, the world can't take your joy away because the world didn't give it to you. Keep your eyes on Jesus and never turn back. And what I want to do here today I want to keep moving forward in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, I believe y'all have a great church. You have a phenomenal pastor. You have a great church, a lot of loving people. It's my third time to preach here. Been here a few other times when Jonathan's preached. And every time I come here, I feel so welcome and I feel so loved. And I hope you never lose that. Amen. Some churches, they try to go a little overboard with that. Some churches, they try to turn it into like a Christian club and all this other stuff. I'm not saying we got to do all that nonsense and shenanigans, but friends, I want to tell you, you ought to be glad when you're here. Amen. One thing that bothers me so much is an evangelist. I go to places to preach. Nobody talks to me. Now, I have a strong personality. I don't get offended easily. If nobody wants to talk to me, hey, that's fine. I don't come for people. I come for God anyways. But understand something. If a lost person walks in here and they don't know anybody and nobody talks to them, nobody shakes their hand, nobody tries to sit with them, what if that's the last time that person ever comes to church? Church, I just want to encourage you to keep sharing and spreading the love of Jesus anywhere and everywhere you go. I know some of you, you may not like your job. You may not be happy in your situation. Praise God. Be glad you have a job. Amen. You don't really understand the saying that any job is better than no job till you don't have a job. But friends, I want to tell you something. God has always been good. Amen. I'm not just glad to serve him when I'm on top of the mountain. But I'm glad to serve him when I'm in the valley. I'm glad to serve him. When everything's going well. But I was still glad to serve him when my wife said I'm leaving. I was still glad to serve him when I had to file bankruptcy because I couldn't afford all the bills on my own anymore. I was still glad to serve him when I went to church on a Wednesday night at my home church. I come back to my apartment a couple years ago while I lived in Pinson only to discover that a car had literally crashed into my apartment and I lost everything. Friends, I want to tell you something. God has always been good. Amen. I want you to understand my testimony. I'm not a televangelist. I don't have $50 million in the bank account. 
I don't drive a Porsche and I don't have a jet yet. Amen. We speak those things or not as if they were. I'm just kidding. But I want to tell you something, church. I don't care if I've got money in the bank account. I don't care if I don't have a dollar to my name. I don't care if I get cancer. I don't care if I get laid off. I don't care if anybody never invites me to preach back again. I want to tell you, friends, God is still good and I will always be glad to serve him. I will always be glad to come to this house. I want to tell you here today, I don't care if everybody's gone on Memorial Sunday. I knew the attendance would be low, but I woke up like David saying, I was glad when they said unto me, let me go to the house of the Lord. I don't care if there's five people there. I don't care if anybody shows up. My goodness, me, Red, and the Holy Spirit, we can have church all by ourselves. I'd rather preach to five people that truly are hungry for a move of God than 500 people that don't even care to be there in the first place. I want to ask you something, church. Are you glad to serve him? Through the highs and through the lows, God is still good. Amen. Some of you, maybe you've been battling depression. Can I tell you here today? God can touch you. But there are going to be some things on this earth that we will always battle. Some things we will always fight against. But through it all, We can always have gladness in our hearts because we serve Jesus Christ. Do you receive that here today? If you would, please stand as I get ready to close. Amen. This may not be the best sermon I've ever preached, but fully what I believe God wanted me to preach. And church, understand Sometimes as we go through life, it's kind of like we lose our passion, kind of like we lose our zeal for the Lord. Not because we don't love him, but I understand the older we get, the busier we get. Amen. You thought you were busy when you were in high school, but then you get married, you have kids, you've got a career. And it's like from the time you wake up to the time you go to sleep, it's like you're just running, running, running. But church, let us never be too busy to make time for God. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Seven Mile Ministry. 